Hey everybody, this is Brianna. And this is Gwen. And you're listening to The The Page Turner. Hey everyone, it's Brianna. It's Gwen. And welcome back to The Page Turner for episode three. We cannot believe it. It's already episode three. Um, We know that last time we said we were going to read... Oh yeah, we were going to read Less by Andrew Sean Greer, but... We actually have to wait on the waiting list just like everybody else. So we're <laughs> yeah. we're down to like I'm down to number seven the last time I checked, so I think I'm number eight on the holds list. Yeah. So just like you guys, we have to wait impatiently for <laughs> a book we're dying to read. We'll hopefully have that one next time for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is our plan for next time. But yeah, pages were just like you. <laughs> um, so instead we actually read The Tone of the Screw by Henry James which is a classic ghost story. Yeah, so we thought it would actually be really fun to do this because it's ho- like Halloween's this month, so yes. it'll be fun. We wanted to make it very uh, timely, so yeah. Um, so stay tuned for us talking about that. But first, let's go into the page perspective. Okay, so that's like a perfect segue for us because actually this month is Halloween, obviously, and we our page perspective is about our theme that we're doing for Halloween, which is going to be children's storybook characters. So if you come into the library on Halloween, which is a Wednesday, mm. we'll all be dressed up as various storybook characters. And do you want to tell them what you're going to be, or should they have to come and see? Uh, they'll have to come and see. <laughs> so stop by if you want to see what Gwen <laughs> is being. She goes all out with her costumes. Last year she was... I was Ursula last year from the little mermaid and she makes her costumes from scratch this year not so much <laughs> time time has gone yeah. in the way school life you know. yeah the masters and, and the and the jobs are <laughs> it's a thing <laughs> but it was amazing and you can check out the costume on an instagram page actually mm-hmm. from last year so definitely do that yeah um, but yes come see us um i'm sure we'll, we're gonna have candy like we normally do mm-hmm. and it'll be fun so let's go on to our book review. As you guys know, we start with a non-spoilery book review to uh, give you guys a little taste of the book and see if you want to read it for yourselves. Um, but first, let's talk about the author. Mm-hmm. Henry James, he was born in 1843 in New York, actually. But a lot of people think he's British because um, he spent a lot of time in England. So his influences and other authors that people will recommend are usually British authors. He seems very British in his writing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially um, it being such an old classic. Yeah, I mean, it was written in 1898, which is like over a hundred years ago. So <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's got some years on it. Exactly. Yeah. And what's so interesting is that those other books that really remind us of this one, we'll give recommendations for if you like this or interested in this, a similar book recommendations at the end of the non-spoiler review. So yeah, let's actually get into that uh, a non-spoiler review. And let's start with our ratings. What would you give it? I gave it, so I read this a couple years ago, and then again just now. I gave it, originally I found my review and it was three stars. I would give it a two and a half this time. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's not that I think it's particularly bad. It's just reading it, I felt like nothing really happened. And, you know, I know it's an older ghost story, and I know people were shocked by things way easier then but for me it just it needed to be more exciting and I think that there's other books written in that time period I know there are that I've read that were way more fascinating so that was my big kind of gripe with it is it just was not a fun read for me 
What about you? I mean, I definitely wouldn't give it more than a two. I hesitate to give it just a one, but definitely no more than a two. Because <laughs> uh, I, like you, found like there was nothing happening to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it was 150 pages or something, and it could have been 50 pages less than Maybe that. Maybe even easily. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> there were so many elements that if you just took out the middle, I think, well, it's considered a short story, right? Yeah, but like, I mean, short stories can be nothing or like maybe 150 to 200 pages long depending on your point of view and this could have easily been like 70 pages long yeah and it was not (laughs) and i think too one of the amazing things about short stories is that you can really pack a punch Mm -hmm. in that short amount of pages personally i find scary stories are a lot more scary if you can read it all in one sitting so, uh, like, the short story format for horror, mm-hmm. to me, is uh, great. Yeah. But, like, this failed to deliver for me. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I gave it a two instead of anything. Yeah, and, and you really love supernatural horror. Yeah. I, I don't, actually. Yeah. So, um, it, I was actually excited for you to read I know. this because I was like, oh, I wonder what she'll think, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was really looking forward to it. The, the issue for me with, like, sh- horror in general is I find it really hard to be satisfied Mm. with the horror genre because there are so many bad stories (laughs) and like so many boring stories that are filled with stuff that are not that's not scary that you're just sitting there like okay get to the point come on we don't need to be taking all day to talk about this thing yeah so and like that was the emotion like that those were the emotions I was going through while reading this it's like okay get to the scary stuff yeah get to the ghosts get to all this that and the other thing yeah just come on. Yeah. Um, no, I completely agree. And, like, and short stories, too, on the other hand, like, every sentence counts. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you have such a... You have way less time. Yeah. Than other stuff. Sure. So if you're wasting pages um, talking about emotions that aren't... That, that just don't fit, fit the atmosphere or don't fit whatever the author is trying to do. Yeah. Well, like, I think I was talking to you about one of the scenes in the book, and I won't go into what happens in the scene, (laughs) because, non-spoiler. Yeah. But, like, it's a thing that real time took maybe 30 seconds to a whole minute, but when I was listening to it, an audiobook format took close to 10. Wow. I'm like, you're kidding, right? (laughs) Wow. Real time, this took less time than it took to actually describe the yeah. thing. Yeah. Which drives me crazy. Yeah. No, that's totally valid. But, but, but it's so funny, too, because um, before we were recording, you know, we didn't want to go into great detail because we like to talk about these things candidly. Mm-hmm. One of the, We found ourselves, though, even with these low reviews, talking about things that we thought was very impressive that James did. Yeah. So it's funny. So we both didn't like the book, but we're also really excited to talk about it because <laughs> yeah. we do think that there's some impressive things that he did. Henry James is actually really known for his un- unreliable narrators. Yeah, and what's cool is we actually potentially have two. So we have a book where one of the themes that he does and his critics and uh, lovers of his works talk about so much is his skill with unreliable narrators. And we're putting this in the non spoilery section because actually... Even though that is a theme, we still don't actually know if they are unreliable or not. I know. So the story starts, it's a ghost story, and a bunch of people are sitting around telling stories, and this one guy named Douglas says, hey, I have a story. Mm -hmm. My sister's old governess told me a tale, and it was really chilling, and I'll share it with you guys. Um, So he tells the story of a governess who um, gets work. Um, 
he, she meets a guy in town who needs someone to watch his to his niece and nephew. And the stipulation is that you can't contact him for help if you need help at all. You, you, you just... You can't contact him for anything. For anything. Nothing. Don't contact me ever. Just take care of my niece and nephew. And so she goes there, and long story short, ghost stuff happens. And the other unreliable narrator would be the governess, because... You know, she told him this story, and he's taking it at face value, but there's so much going on that we, you know, won't ruin it by saying it here, that who's telling the truth? Is he editing the story that she gave him? Did she lie about stuff? But more about that in our spoilery section. Yeah. But before we go there, we are going to do our recommendations, our similar, similar recommendations, and um, our favorite quotes. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with my recommendation, which is The Haunting of Hill House by... Shirley Jackson. Um, that was written in 1953, so that comes a bit later. I felt like the reason I'm recommending it is because the tone of it's very similar. Like, how I felt while I was reading Turn of the Screw was pretty much how I felt while I was reading The Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. So, I think they're very similar books. It is a longer book, it's not a short story. So, if you like Turn of the Screw, Haunting of Hill House is, like, a really good, like, longer version of that type of book. And I love that you recommended that because I can totally see how similar they are because I've read it, too. Yeah. And I think I actually gave that, like, three and a half stars. I was, um, it's, again, it's so funny. Like, maybe not my favorite book, but I, there are such great elements. And I think if you like the classic feel and vibe mm-hmm. that these give off. You, like the classic horror stories. Exactly. You'll mm-hmm. love both of them. Yeah. Um, my recommendation is The Woman in White by Wilkie Collins, which is was actually written... 30 years before To Go to the School in 1860. And I absolutely love this book. Um, it's similar to To Go to the School in the sense that you know, it involves a quote-unquote ghost story um, and a mystery. So there's a woman in white is seen from, you know, from far away in a certain instance, and it's like, was she real? Is she a ghost? You know, da-da-da-da. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really love that book, and I actually really like Wilkie Collins in general as an author. So... Definitely check these out if you have any interest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go on to our favorite quotes. I'm not going to say mine until the spoilery section because it contains spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so Gwen is going to read hers, um, and then we'll, we'll head there. Yeah, um, and forgive me, I'm going to try acting here. Ooh. Because uh, it is a very dramatic <laughs> thing. Um, so this is a quote by the governess, who actually... Is never named. Yeah, so the governess. (laughs) Um, And she says, No, no, there are depths. Depths. The more I go over it, the more I see in it. And the more I see in it, the more I fear. I don't know what I don't see, what I don't fear. So, yeah, I felt like that was a pretty good, like, sum up, like. Of her state of mind. Exactly. Her state of mind and how she was, like, breaking down Mm -hmm. throughout the story. Yeah. It sums it up very nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if that intrigued you, uh, come over with us to the spoilery section. We're going to give you about 10 seconds here. So run to your device and turn things off, and if you don't want to hear, like, spoilers, because this is our spoiler warning. We cannot emphasize enough. Spoilers. Spoilers. All involved in the spoilery (laughs) section. Um, so yeah, so let's get started. Um, with that, I will say my quote. So... We love starting off these spoilery sections with a bang. Yeah. So, um, the kids that she watches, it's a boy and a girl, and one is named Flora, and the other is Miles. And so my quote is, is about Miles, and it goes, We were alone with the quiet day, and his little heart, dispossessed, had stopped. 
So big spoiler alert, Miles dies yeah. at the very end. So this quote was taken near the end. Um, yeah. Shocked me. Shocked you? I mean, yeah, it kind of... Okay, so I would say it shocked me, but, like, I didn't remember it happening when we <laughs> talked about it originally. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, it was, it was shocking in the sense that it came out of pretty much nowhere. Yeah. But not terribly memorable, because, like, that's... I'm pretty sure that's, like, the all she says about him dying. Yeah. Really. And that's it. And that's it. That's, like, all. And, and so I was like, oh, it just kind of went over my head somehow. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, character died. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, wow. How am I, like, how are you supposed to feel then? Yeah. And what's so interesting is, um, you know, throughout the book, the governess is saying, saying things, and no one is acknowledging him. The housekeeper isn't acknowledging him. The kids aren't acknowledging him. But at the same time, she feels like they all know about these ghosts or these beings, because yeah. she'll describe them and be like, did you see that? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that was about a valet who died. Yeah, that was our valet. He's a ghost now. Uh, or that was the governess before you. She's also a ghost now. Uh, I had an issue with that whole part because oh, for a lot of it, I was convinced. And I don't know if this came from a different book that I was reading <laughs> or not. But I was convinced that these were real people just, like, stalking the family. Oh. So, because for a long time, she would be the only person present seeing these things. And, like, so I was convinced that, like at least the dude was living in that tower that he seemed to be in every time that oh, she saw him. because she would see um, this guy when she looked outside the window. Yeah. She would see him in a tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I was, like, convinced that there, this was just some creeper who, like, was living in the tower that nobody went into, and... Oh, my gosh. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's a common theme, especially in, like, older um, horror classics, like the crazy woman in the attic. Mm-hmm. Or what is that going on? And you find out they've had a... A crazy relative yeah. who they're too ashamed about, so they, they 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 hide them away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. And like that's why to me, I was like, okay, that's why everybody knows about it is because everybody knows there's this family member, but they're not telling her because she's not supposed to know for some reason. Yeah. But she keeps seeing this person, and so like that's what I thought it was. Like either some creeper who wandered in off the street, or some creeper <laughs> that lives in like is part of the family, and because they're rich or something, they can't just like, I don't know. It ruins their the reputation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was just like, that has to be it. For like 90% of the book I thought that. And then the kids start like acknowledging them, which was, okay, yeah, then that makes sense. They're living people. The kids can see them now. But why are the kids changing their minds? So it was not terribly clear to me what was going on. So what was interesting is, you're right, so um, she's watching these kids Mm -hmm. and the boy Miles actually gets sent home. From school and a letter gets sent saying we cannot take him back to school and you can just get the sense that you know the principal doesn't explain why um she never really asks why yeah she thinks maybe i should contact the uncle but he said never contact me so she doesn't as a reader you never learn no and actually the governess never learns either and so you get the sense that okay well then weird things started happening so maybe that's why maybe he's maybe he's dead people kid. yeah <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and but the first half the story is the kids and the housekeeper pretending like nothing is going on. So, yeah, you know, like... So, like, those books that, like, have these twists that are like, yeah, it's a ghost the whole time, but no, secretly it's a real person, or vice versa. That sort of thing is can be done very well for me. And sometimes it's done in a very frustrating way, (laughs) and this was that way for me. Yeah. Because it was not so much a mind bend as it was a just, what's going on? 
Yeah, I just need what a little, are you trying? Give me a little hint. Exactly. Give me a little clue. Yeah. Um, like he never committed. It felt like he never committed to it being a ghost, and then twist. It's yeah. a it's a real person, or it's a real person, and then twist. It's not. It was kind of like in the middle. Could have been either. You could have like come up with a story that would have worked for both scenarios. Yeah. The whole time. And that connects into Miles' death because I I actually then it did get me thinking because of something you said to me, which was. You know, you you did you pointed out a lot about how they go back and forth like it starts with them not acknowledging it, then they do acknowledge it, and at the same time she's kind of losing it, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden out of nowhere now the ghost kills Miles. Yeah. Like what? And so it almost is this kind of weird thing where um, the more she talks about it, the more it comes alive, and the more real they become. Whereas yeah. maybe everyone was just pretending they didn't exist because they knew it was safely that way. Yeah, that's a really interesting idea, because it's like, she gave them power by acknowledging them. Yes, exactly. Uh, And so then I was like, okay, well, maybe now that is interesting, (laughs) you know? Maybe that is a cool concept. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, this book, it's has a lot of really interesting concepts. It it's it takes you like it's 60% of the way there but then doesn't deliver completely. It is very good book for like conversations mm-hmm. and starting conversations because it leaves so much open to the imagination that you could definitely like have a book club meeting about this book or something like that. Even though it is a short story, you could have an entire meeting about oh, this one story. Like we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, seriously, if you're listening and you have a book club or just you get together with friends to talk about this, recommend this book because it'll leave you frustrated and talking and yep. wanting answers. Um, and actually, let's talk about the title because the title is The Turn of the Screw. And yep. me and Gwen were both like, well, what, yeah. what does that even mean? <laughs> so we were, you know, talking amongst ourselves about that. And we actually remembered at the same time that there's a quote very early on in the book that uses the phrase. And I always love that when a book mm-hmm. has a title and it's used. And you're like, aha! Yeah, there's like a meme that's like, they use the title. <laughs> they use the title. So it's, it's like when in a book or something or a movie, they actually say the title in the piece of media that it is. Yeah. They're like, we're not the only ones who are like, hey. Yeah, like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's actually a great quote. Gwen, you want to read it? Yeah, I'll start it. Um, it's actually two people talking, so I'll do the first oh, yeah, person yes. and you can do the next. So, he starts off. If the child gives the effect another turn of the screw, what do you say to two children? We say, of course, somebody explained, that they give two turns. And so, you know, turning the screw into the turn of a screw is just what it sounds like. It's tightening something. Mm-hmm. You know, screws hold things together, um, but also you can put too much pressure. Yeah. And so for us, it felt like... Compression. Uh, exa- yeah, exactly. So if a child... And, and we were both thinking, too, why are they talking about the kids so much? Because yeah. this whole story is told because, um, like I said in the beginning, there's a group of people around telling ghost stories, and one tells one about a kid... And then our narrator Douglas says, oh, I have one about kids. And, and he, there's two of them. Exactly. <laughs> and he says this line. Yeah. And we're like, wait. So the kids are obviously clearly important yeah, to for sure. the haunting. The I mean, it, it feels like to me that half of the thing that drove the governess like to the point of like losing well, she didn't really lose her mind. We but don't know she like <laughs> she gets a, like she gets a little crazy yeah. towards the end. Um half of that is the apparitions, the ghosts, and all of that stuff. So that's the, like, supernatural element. Half of it 
is the children themselves Mm -hmm. who are, like, provoking her and, like, pushing her buttons. And, like, the kid, yeah, Miles, he, sorry, I remembered his name. I was just, like, trying to formulate my thought. Um, He pushes her buttons. Like, he knows where her buttons are, and he wants to go back to school, but she hasn't let him because he's been kicked out, and she doesn't know what to do. And she can't contact his uncle for any, like, help in this matter because he's told her he can't. She can't contact him. Yeah. So it's like she's kind of stuck in this place where he, she can't find another school for him, though. I mean, really, you could if you really tried. Yeah, she, she doesn't. I mean. She doesn't and, even try. And we haven't even mentioned that she's 20 years old. Yeah. So she's a 20-year-old in charge of two kids. And a and whole a household. House. <laughs> and, yeah, the whole house. Yeah. Running everything. And yeah, and she's trying to come up with all this. So. Yeah. So it, it's a lot. But the kid really wants to go back to schooling eventually. And so when he discovers that like she's not sending him back to school he's he'd like switch like a flip switches yeah and he decides okay i'm gonna get what i want one way or another and if that means that i have to mess with you until you do what i say yeah then i'm gonna do that that's a good point too like maybe maybe they are just messing with it maybe yeah. they don't actually see anything and he's starting to apply pressure and so and and that would go too with two kids you tighten the screw more because then the little girl all yeah. of a sudden can't stand her governess anymore. Yeah, they conspire together. Yeah. The siblings. So it's kind of interesting in that it pulls that part, that quote, from the front of the, the story to the end. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. I will say, though, the way that he wrote the children to me was very unrealistic. I, and this could be because back in the day kids acted differently because social norms and stuff like that. But I was reading the, like, what's his name? I've now, I have forgotten his name. Miles. I was reading Miles's quotes and stuff and I was just like, what eight-year-old talks Talks like like this? this. (laughs) Like, I don't even talk like this. Like, who talks like this? Yeah. And it's some little kid who's just, yeah, it's... Well, it's funny because that's also... I feel like this is where the, the scary kids trope started in mm-hmm. in horror because they do. You know, if a kid is supposed to be scary in a book, they talk weird or they're too silent. And then when they do talk, they, they say... They have, like, no ominous, emotion. Yeah, no emotion and yeah. ominous sense. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, this is kind of the birth of that. And maybe... Could be, yeah. You know, nowadays in horror movies, we're like, oh... That's the creepy kid. And no wonder he's talking like that. But yeah. in reality, you're like, okay, what? No kids talk yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's just part of the birth of mm-hmm. this thing, which is, it's so fascinating to go back to these roots yeah. of these tropes. I mean, I will say, like, while we didn't really, we found it a little tedious, this story itself, it is really cool to go back and see where a lot of the, like, what you see in horror genre now came from. And yeah. it's from these books, yeah. these classic horror stories. Yeah. So do you actually want to go back into the unreliable narrators yes. right now? So we mentioned it earlier, but we did not go into detail. So at the end of the book, Miles dies, and we have no idea what happened mm-hmm. to the godliness. She's apparently, well, I think the narrator says she's apparently married now or whatever. Yeah, and she was his sister's nanny, so she did continue to work. Yeah. But like... We don't know. She's never told anyone else the story, she said, not even her husband. Yeah. She chose to confide in her, the kid she took care of's brother. Mm -hmm. We don't really know why. Um, We do know he kind of had a thing for her. Yeah. But other than that, you know, there's no explanation. So we don't know if she's telling the full truth. Mm -hmm. Because 
a kid dies in your arms, Willie, like, there's no inquest. There's no there's repercussions? No, exactly. Yeah, there should be. Did the uncle come, uh, so something really cool, cool and interesting, too, is that the governess and the uncle are never named. Yeah. They have no names, which is spooky in and of itself, I think, because what happened then? Did the uncle come back and... Well, and, like, could the narrator be protecting her by doing that? Exactly, Like, yeah. is that part of the story? Like, is that how he's protecting her identity? Yeah. But, because, like, if you named the uncle, you could say, okay, it's a governess who worked for this family when this kid died. And you can find that out pretty easily. And if you say her name, obviously you're saying her name, so you're <laughs> identifying her. So it could be that sort of, like, protection of her identity. Because he did have a thing for her. So maybe he still, like, feels a little bit of that for her. Exactly. So it's like, he's unreliable. Yeah. She could have been unreliable, too. The like, kids could have been unreliable. Everybody's unreliable in this story. There's just no way. Like, I don't even... Even if he's an uncle who... He, he doesn't want to be told stuff because he's a bachelor loving his life. Mm-hmm. And putting it up and living it up. Um, like... There's no way that he would get that news and then be like, oh. Okay. I guess, well, I guess it's just my niece One now. less kid to take care of. Exactly. Like, yeah. I just cannot see him doing that. He had to have been really upset and sad, I would assume. And yeah, hope. you would think. So there had to have been an inquest. Um, mm-hmm. Did she say, oh, there was ghosts? Like, a ghost did it? And is he yeah. like, oh, no, not this again? Because <laughs> bad things have happened to last people that have worked there. Yeah. The, um, the valet. The yeah, the valet Peter Quint and Miss Jessel, the other governess before her. This one. They both died, and actually, those—that's who the apparitions were. And I'm doing air quotes here because we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's all we—that's a guess. That's the characters yeah. say. Oh, that sounds like so and so. Yeah. They never confirm it. Yeah, like the the cook who identifies the the these are these people never actually sees the apparitions. <laughs> So yeah. it's like she's going off of the eyewitness account, which the description of them was like, it, she was a beautiful lady who looked like she fell on hard times. And, and the cook is like, I know exactly <laughs> who that is. Like, it like, could what? be anybody. Come on. Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> yeah, so there's all this, like, mystery and with the identity and who's telling the truth? Like, what is the actual story? Yeah. There's no way that that was the, like, there's more to it than that. Yeah. Um, so, and the fact that they're not named is very, very interesting. Because, so you know, like, the unreliable narrators, like, yeah, he maybe started it, but I feel like these days, like, my level, at least, for, is so much higher for what you can do with an unreliable narrator or, like, a problematic, like, main character. Mm-hmm. Like, we have Gillian Flynn comes oh, to amazing. mind right away. Yeah. Like, she does those problematic, unreliable narrators so well <laughs> and so interesting and so, in such a compelling way that, like, it kind of puts this to shame. <laughs> Though it is yeah. really interesting to see where that sort of thing came from. It's also just like, yeah, but... But Gillian Flynn did it. I mean, it's done, we've done it so, like, we've taken that and taken it to such a level now that it's kind of ruined the classics for me in a way because I'm just like, yeah, okay, but I'd rather be reading a a Gillian Flynn novel right now because it would be so much more interesting to me. And if you come, you know, to our library a lot and you're checking out new books, popular books, you'll know that uh, Gillian Flynn wrote Gone Girl, which was very, very popular, has a movie, and um, the author has TV series of her other two books. Um, I've actually read all of her stuff, and I think she's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Hands down, though, Sharp Objects. 
Yes, Shrub August is the best out of Hootrail, which has that TV series, which has everyone talking about it. So either watch it or read it. And she does, funnily enough, have a short story that's in the back advertised as a ghost story. (laughs) And she wrote it for George R.R. Martin, who wrote the the Game of Thrones series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the back of the book says, do you like ghost stories? And I really love that short story, too. It totally took you in directions that you didn't expect. But in terms of the talent of that kind of, talk about, yeah, you she's know. she's a gifted writer. Oh, she's so amazing. She's really good. If you can't tell, she's one of my favorites. <laughs> I think she crosses our, like, our, she walks that line between what you like and what I like really well. Which a beautiful meeting of the middle of that. Yeah, because yeah. we're such on opposite spectrums of the things we like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, well, I think that's it, guys, for episode three. Um, thank you so much again for listening. As always, it's because of you guys supporting the library that we can even do this. So, yeah, I'm Brianna. I'm Gwen. And this has been The the Page Turner. Okay, so again, next time we'll be uh, reviewing Less by Andrew Sean Greer. I know we said that last time, and we already covered this a little bit, but we are working on it. (laughs) (laughs) We're in that queue just like you guys. Yeah. So you can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or on our webpage via a direct RSS feed. We would be very grateful if you would subscribe and write us a review. We'd love to know how we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And thank you all for listening. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the Los Gatos Library or the town of Los Gatos.